Church, we're going to continue in our sermon series entitled uh, Soul Detox. And as we kicked it off last week, we, we were talking about how so often we pay just close attention to our outward self and we ignore our inner self, which is the most important. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 tells us this. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Church, as we started this sermon series, I want to remind you what we talked about last week. You know, we, we mentioned the fact that we are not a body with a soul. So many times we confuse that. Actually, what we are is we are a soul with a body. The most important part of you is your soul. Because listen, our bodies are temporary. They are a temporary dwelling for us to use as we walk this earth. And so we talk a lot in this world about taking care of our bodies, about exercising, you know, uh, all the things that we do to make ourselves look better. And I'm not telling you there's anything wrong with that. You should do that. But more importantly, we need to take care of the most important part of ourselves. We need to take care of our souls. And today what we're talking about in the sermon series, Soul Detox, we're talking about the heavy soul. The heavy soul. You know, many of us, we have that heaviness in the soul. We do. We have that heaviness about us, and, 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 and we focus on that, that heaviness so often. But what we do is we try to mask it, don't we, church? We want to make sure that we look strong on the outside. We look like we're taken care of on the outside. Uh, Brendan and Kelly and I, we've got this thing. I, have, I bet you don't even realize this. We move chairs around these two buildings constantly, constantly. And so he and I have this competition, a 12-year-old competition of who can carry the most chairs. So it started out a few years back. You know, I, I was always, a, I put two folded chairs underneath each arm. Oh, that's cool because most people do one, right, on each arm. And all of a sudden he goes, Psh, I can do three. So you know what I did? <laughs> I can do four. Right, And it kept escalating every trip we had. And this competition, number one, it made the work go really fast. But it's also kind of ridiculous. And I am very proud to tell you here today as I stand on this stage, I can carry six chairs under each arm. Yeah. I ain't even taking steroids either. How about that? But all seriousness, you know, as I'm carrying those chairs and I try to look good doing it, when I get him to the other room, I kind of collapse. I'm like, oh, yeah, my arms are killing me. That about took it out of me, right? <clears throat> but you know what we do, church? It's a guy thing. <laughs> but our physical bodies can't always handle all the weight that we have. Seriously, it can't. It, it, see, we're, 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 we're talking about the physical body here in that illustration, but now I want to talk about our souls. So many people believe in this world that they can handle the weight of this world. They believe that they can handle the weight of the world, and what happens is they end up not physically crushed, but they are crushed, crushed, crushed in their soul by the weight of the world. And you know what, church? I read just recently... Here, and this is a, a statistic that really saddened me, that out of all of us who are alive today, we have the highest percentage of people who live with a constant low-grade depression. 
a constant low-grade depression. I'm not talking about clinical depression. I'm talking about just this low grade. You're, you're always living with this, this heaviness in your soul. It's a constant thing that doesn't go away. And see, most people, they can't really even put their finger on it either. You know, I have people come to my office and they're like, you know, I got this going on. I got this going on. I'm like, well, well, tell me why you're feeling that way. A lot of people can't tell me why they're feeling that way. There's nothing really, really wrong per se, but yet in their minds, nothing is just right. Nothing is right for them. And see, it is people, it is people who have more to live with. Think about this, church. We really do. We have more to live with. So many great things, but yet there is a soul dissatisfaction. There really is. There's a soul dissatisfaction satisfaction. And so there's longing for something more. You know, we, we go to the cupboards. How many of you have ever not even been hungry? Really, you're not. But you go to the refrigerator and you stand there. You go to the cupboard and you stand there and you're looking at it like, man, I'm hungry, but there ain't nothing here. Your cupboard's full, your fridge is full, right? But nothing is satisfying to you. And so many of us, we feel this same way. We're longing for something more. There's this lack of hope, church. There's a lack of faith. And not only that, there is not a lot of optimism going on in a lot of our lives today. Many of us feel like we are just existing. And we're just existing. And we're really not making a big contribution. And so for many of us, and maybe many of you who are sitting here today, you've got this heaviness of the soul. I want you to know, church, this isn't something new. In the Old Testament, David approaches this in Psalm 42, verse 5. Psalm 42, verse 5, it says this, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? I want to stop right there for a minute. I want you to think about those words. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Why are you so heavy, church? Think about this. Why are you so heavy? Why are you so uneasy? Why are you so worried? Why are you so upset? Why are you so disturbed, oh my soul? Just like David said. But today what I want to do is I want to try to answer that question. Why is there so many people with a heaviness in their soul today? I personally believe that there are three main reasons that people have heaviness of the soul. And the very first one is this. Heaviness with hurts from the past. Think about this for a minute. Heaviness. I mean, your soul is heavy because of some hurts that you've experienced in the past. Jeremiah illustrated this very well in Lamentations. So the book of Lamentations, it's the book of the Bible. It's about weeping and lamenting over something very painful in the past. In Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, it says this. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall I remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Jeremiah was a depressed dude. He was. And, and he's sitting there just saying, man, I'm remembering all these things that's happened in my past. I'm remembering, I'm struggling, and my soul is downcast within me. And so what he did is he was looking back on these painful memories, things that have happened to him and to Jerusalem, to Israel as a nation, I mean. And he has said his soul is downcast. His soul is downcast within him. And I'm guessing this morning, church, is all of you sitting here, all the people that are watching online, that there is a lot of you who have a present heaviness 
for a past hurt. Maybe you have a friend that lied to you or let you down. Maybe you had a spouse that, that, that betrayed you. Maybe you lost a job over something that was completely unfair. Maybe you had an opportunity, church, that you didn't take and you regret it. Maybe you said something that you should have never said or someone did something to you that you wish never would have happened. And church, you have this present heaviness and it's based it's completely based on a past hurt. Today, what I want to do is I want to push you a little bit. I do. I want to push you a little bit to be really transparent before God. You know what I find humorous, especially for myself, when I really think about this? You know, we, we, we go before God and we try to fake it, don't we? We really do. And how childish is that? Because he knows your heart. He knows everything about you. It's kind of like when someone comes up to you. I mean, you are wiped out emotionally. You ain't got nothing left to give. And somebody comes up to you and says, hey, so how are you doing? You fake a smile. Oh, I'm, all, I'm okay. I'm doing good. You're lying. And some of us, we do that same thing with God. We go before him and we try to hide these things. And I'm encouraging you today that I want you to be really transparent before God. And I believe with all my heart today, that God wants to do some healing work in some of your lives. Amen. So the second reason that people struggle with, with heaviness in the soul, the heaviness with trouble in the present. I mean, you've got something going on right now. You've got something going on, and Job describes this in his book. In Job chapter 4, if you want to check this out with me, Job chapter 4, verse 5, he says this, but now trouble comes to you. Did you hear what he said? He said trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you, and you are dismayed. Church, this was not in the past, and it's not in the future, but it's now. He was dealing with something right now. It was happening to him right now. And some of you can relate to that, right? Because you've got something going on in your life right now. It's a current trouble that you're in, and you're discouraged. You feel like nothing's good is going on. You, you feel like nothing good can ever become of anything. And it's something you have going on in your life. You didn't see it coming. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> this wasn't in your five-year plan. For some of you, it's that constant dissatisfaction with life in general. It's kind of that feeling like, you know, I thought at this age I would be doing something different. I thought at this age I would be at a different point in my life. I thought I would be in a better place by now. Again, what I want you to do this morning, church, is I would like to push you to have some transparency before God so you can bring about healing. Third reason that I believe personally that a lot of us have this, this heavy souls about us, it's the heaviness with anxiety for the future. Some of you guys, you're sitting here right now and you're already worrying about tomorrow. You're worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. And this is the one that I think all of us, we're the most vulnerable to. We're so vulnerable to this. And, and see, we, we wonder, like, am I going to make it? Am I, am I going to make it through? And what's going to come down the pike at me? What, what's going to happen tomorrow? You know, how am I going to pay my bills? My bills are going up and my bank account's shrinking. It doesn't add up, does it? How will I get it done with all three kids? You know, how am I going to do this? You know, what if I lose my job? What if I get sick? 
What if I don't find that special person that I've been looking my whole life for? Church, believe it or not, do you realize Jesus felt this himself about the future? There was a moment, it's recorded in the Bible, there was this moment when he looked ahead. He looked ahead to the pain that he would endure on the cross for our sins. He knew it would be very painful. He saw that coming. And, and being God in the flesh, he also knew that his heavenly father would turn his back on him, right? Because remember the famous words that was spoken by Jesus, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So basically, church, what he was saying, my God, my God, where are you at? Where are you? And in the anguish of the soul, he cried out to his heavenly father. In Mark chapter 14, in Mark chapter 14, verses 33 and 34, it says this, he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. This is Jesus now. He was looking ahead to the future. He knew what was coming down, and he was, began to become deeply distressed and troubled. And then he said this in verse 34, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Church, how many of you feel that way sometimes? That your soul is just overwhelmed so much to the point you don't know how it's ever gonna happen. It, it didn't say his mind. It didn't say his body. What did it say? It says, my soul, he said. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And sometimes we do, what we do is we look back in the past and man, maybe you had a rough past. Please, I'm not minimizing things that you've gone through. Maybe you've had a rough past, and maybe right now in the present, it's still rough for you. And a lot of times what we do is we look forward in the future, and I call it shopping for trouble, and you start saying, like, it ain't going to be good tomorrow either. That's what we do. We look ahead of what could happen. All you see is trouble all around. And so what happens is we live with an ongoing heaviness in the soul. See, sometimes there's nothing really, really wrong, but if you're going through it, it's real. But there's just nothing that is just right. Maybe you're constantly uneasy. There's this heaviness of the soul. And most people, what they begin to write it off is like, it's just my lot in life. This, this, this is the way it is. It is what it is, right? I have to live with this. You know, it's kind of for those of you maybe who, who were, played sports in high school or, or maybe even just, you know what, just recreational or, or maybe even it's a job. You have a physical job. You have this pain. You know, maybe you pulled a muscle. Maybe you sprained something, whatever it might be. And, and so what you do is you hurt, but you don't want to stop, right? You, you don't really don't want to stop. So you take a ton of ibuprofen and, and you just keep going on and going on and you play through the pain. You work through the pain. You just live with it. That's a lot of our mentalities. And you just kind of write it off. This is the way it is. This is all I have. This is the way I got to work through it. Church, I want you to know this. You do not have to live in constant pain. When it comes to that deep heaviness in your soul, I'm talking that really deep heaviness, you do not have to live there. 
But you know what some of us do? <laughs> we pitch a tent and we live there, yes. don't we? We pitch that tent and, and we just live there. And it gets very difficult. I want you to remember what David said. I'm going to take you back here, church. Psalm 42, verse 5. He said, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And I like what he says next. Kind of the switch goes off on him. He said, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So you see what David is doing here. He decided he's going to start preaching to his soul. He flipped that switch. He comes out of the gate. It's so bad. It's so awful. My soul is heavy. I'm downcast. Man, why am I so disturbed inside? And then suddenly he realized, like, I can't live like this. So then he starts preaching to himself. He says, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. So he started preaching to his own soul. He started to talk to himself. He said, soul, put your hope in God. Kind of had one of them moments. You ever have one of those moments when you realize what you sound like? <laughs> you realize the way you're talking, the way you're thinking. And he's basically like, hey, stop whining, you big baby. You, you, you put your hope in God. And church, what I want to encourage you to do this morning is, is to be like David. Yeah. You preach to yourself. Yeah. I'm talking about if you've got to, you stand in front of the mirror and you preach to yourself in the morning. You, you tell yourself, right? You preach to your soul. Some of you, some of you, it's time for you to become a really good preacher, okay? You need to be preaching to yourself. And you know what? Your soul was, your soul We'll begin to start thinking it's a church. And it will start paying attention. You will start paying attention to what you're saying. You'll start to see that I don't have to live here any longer. I don't have to. So the three different things, here's what I want, you're going to start preaching to yourself, okay? I want to give you three things that you can be preaching to yourself. First one is this. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. Church, you've got to learn to remember his faithfulness in the past. See, when you are tempted, when you are tempted, and we're all tempted in this way to, to look back on the hurts of the past, because we do that, don't we? We, we instantly want to fall back into that. You know, I told you before, like, when you drive your car, you don't stare in the rearview mirror the whole time you're driving. You're going to wreck. The rearview mirror is for you to glance real quick to see where you came from. But some of us, we stare in that mirror all day long. We sit there and stare at the past. We hold on to it. And so when you're tempted to look back on the past hurts of your life, here's what you need to do. You've got to train your mind to shift. You've got to train your mind to shift, to stop that negative thinking. And then you start calling, recalling how faithful God has been to you in your life. Think about how faithful he's been in your past, church. See, this, this is again what Jeremiah said when he was lamenting. I want you to go back to Lamentations with me again. Remember what I told you earlier, Lamentations 3, 19, 20. I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Remember, he's going back. He's pulling it all up. He's in the file cabinet. He's pulling all the files out. He's looking at all the negativity and all the garbage. Now watch him shift gears in verse 21, he says this, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. I will wait for him. He was telling us here that as we think about all that junk that we endure, and it's easy to keep recalling that, isn't it? It really is. I had a friend one time, we both were going through something, same time, you know what I mean? And, and they were different things, and we would get together, and it was kind of like, let me one-up you. You know what I'm talking about? You know, my big toe hurts, well, my whole leg hurts, kind of one of those deals, right? And we just kept going back and forth, and every time we get together, all we were doing was talking about our depression, our hurts, our pains, and finally, this young man's mom said, hey, you guys, that is not good for you to get together and talk about those things nonstop, because what you're doing is you're holding yourself there. You're holding yourself. You're pitching your tent, and you're taking up residence there. And so she said, you need to start thinking about the good things. You need to recognize that God is faithful and he's doing something. And so in Lamentations here, Jeremiah, he, he's saying, you know, we need to stop looking at all that junk. We need to stop rolling around in that. And then we got to remember, you got to remember, church, how good he's been to you. How faithful your heavenly father has been to you, even when you're not faithful to him. He's still faithful to you. But sometimes we stay in that, don't we? Some of us, you know, we don't even attempt to get out of it. And for those of you who are Christians, I want you to think about this. For those of you who are already believers in Jesus Christ, you've accepted Jesus Christ. Listen, those of you who walked with him for a while, when, you, when you've walked for him for a while, you can look back and you can think about the bad. You know, I, I'm getting to a point in my life, I really, I like to look back into the past. I'm going to be a really great old man because I'm constantly going to tell stories. Do you remember when? You know, I'll be really good at that. But I like to look back. We tell stories. Remember when we did this? Do you remember when this happened? Do you remember that? Right? You get together with your friends you went to high school with, whatever it is, and you do a lot of, do you remember, right? Too many times we remember. We look back and think about the bad. And that's a choice. Do you realize that is 100% your choice? You can do that, or you can look back and see God's faithfulness. Do you realize that in every single situation in your life, you honestly, it could be horrific, you can look back and see his faithfulness. You can look back and see his hand on it. You can look back and see him working on it. And that's where we need to be. You, you need to remember. Remember when you first gave your life to Christ? Do you remember when you first gave your life to Christ? You were delivered from the weight of the burden of your sins. Man, that felt good, didn't it? You were delivered from that. You remember feeling like no longer. God's not holding that against me any longer. He took that weight off you. Last week we baptized Maggie Long. A lot of you guys maybe saw it or maybe you heard about whatever. Maggie said something after she was baptized that was so profound to me for someone as young as she is. She came up out of the water, and, and after we, you know, did the baptism and was leaving there, she said this. She said, this is the cleanest I've ever felt. It had nothing to do with Buckeye water. I promise you that right now. 
Who knows, okay? We'll leave it at that. It had everything to do with that girl understood. She understood what Christ did for her in the way that she accepted him, and he washed her clean. And she understood that this is the cleanest I've ever felt in my life. Church, you remember that. You remember what he took from you when you first accepted Christ. You remember the times too, church. You got to remember the times that you prayed for something and there was no human way possible. No human way possible it could ever happen. And then your God did a miracle. He did an absolute miracle in your life. He did something that only he could do, right? And you're like, wow. Man, God, you're really showing off today, aren't you? Remember that. Think about the time when you didn't know if you were going to make it, church. I want you to think about how God miraculously provided for you. He provided. And you're like, man, that is good. And so to God be the glory. Remember when you came to church and you read a verse and you read that verse, you've been going through something in your life. Maybe it's in your morning devotions, whenever it is. You read this one verse, you're like, that's it. That's for me. That's the one. You remember that, church. You remember when you were going through something and you're riding down the road and you're listening to Caleb or whatever you're listening to and you hear this song, man, it touched you. It touched you like you wouldn't believe and remember that you know where that came from. Remember when you came to church and that, that, that moment, you're sitting in church with 200 people and all of a sudden God is just calling out to you and you feel like you are the only one in the room with him. Church, you remember that. You remember God's faithfulness. You remember it. I remember personally, church, personally realizing Christianity in my own life when it became real. I'm, I'm cradle Christian, man. I was at church every Sunday. We did church all the time. I was born in the church, right? But I remember when it became real to me because I, I remember being lost in sin and, and, and having this, this line that I used to love to say it all the time. It's none of your business what it is. I ain't telling you. But it was a representation of my sinful life. And I enjoyed saying it. I remember realizing that, that if I'm going to be a Christian, if I'm honestly going to do what God has called me to do, I can't say this. I can't do this. It's wrong. I remember church. Going to church every Sunday but living a double life. I was acting one way on Sunday and acting a different way the rest of the week. I remember, church, when I fully submitted to God and he started moving in my life. I remember him supplying me. He supplied me with a good job that I honestly was not qualified for. I remember him giving me a wife and kids, a family. I remember God telling me, stop being focused on money. I will bless you and make you happy. And he blessed me in ways I can't even imagine. I remember the day, church, when he called me to serve this church here in Wellsville. And it is all God's faithfulness. That's my story, but I know you got one just like it. God being faithful to you. He has been so faithful to you. And so all of us can look back 
We can look back for all kinds of reasons to have that heaviness of your soul. Every single person here, you can find a reason to have heaviness in your soul. Or you can look back and see God's faithfulness. I want to remind you one more time, Psalm 42, verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And remember what it says, church. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And the second way, church, that we can relieve that heaviness of the soul is this. You cry out to God in the present. You cry out to him in the present. You cry out to him from the depths of your soul. See, David did this, church, in Psalm 142. Psalm 142, verse 2. It says, I pour out before you my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. You know what, David? I love the honesty in this. You know what David's saying here? He's like, I'm laying it all out. God, I'm going to tell you the way it is. I'm telling him my troubles. A few weeks back, I did a funeral. It was one of those ones that, all funerals are sad, but it's one of those ones that just ripped your heart out. For a very young mother, three kids passed away. And it was just one of those things. And uh, I remember talking to one of her family members after church, after the service, I mean. And, and that family member told me, he said, I told God exactly what I thought this morning. He said, I told him I was angry. I told him that I was furious at him. And he went on and on and on, tell me every single thing that he told God. And he said, I know that's wrong. And I said, no, it's not. He already knows you're feeling that way. He wants you to lay bare exactly what is your feeling. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble is what David said. I love the honesty in this. He's pouring out that complaint before God, telling him his troubles and and not holding anything back. I want to encourage you, church, to make this part of your discipline in seeking God. Seriously, when the heaviness of your soul is present, church, you let it rip and you cry out to God. You be honest. He already knows how you're feeling, but he wants you to tell him. He wants you to tell him how you feel. It's all right to say, God, I'm confused. It's all right to say, God, I'm angry. God, I am upset. God, I do not understand what you're doing here. Why is this happening, God? You know, I need you. I'm desperate. I'm desperate and need you, God. I'm crying out in the depths of my soul. And God, I don't like this. Where are you at? He wants to hear it. You be honest with God. And here's, here's the cool part, church. Our God is so big, he can handle your honesty. He can handle your honesty. He already knows your heart. He wants you to be honest with him. And what did he tell us in his word, right? He said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. That's exactly what he told us. Cast them, throw them out, you hurl them, you cry to him from the very depths of your soul. You know, church, personally for me, the past couple years have been brutal. I bet most of us could say that. It's been rough. We've had a a rough couple years. And I've struggled, just like all of you guys have had, struggled. Things were consuming me. My struggles were, were getting heavier and heavy. And man, my soul became so heavy. And and I can remember, I just had somebody tell me last week, he said, man, you're not the same as you were a couple years ago. I'm not. 
I'm still working through it. I'm definitely not the way I was a couple years ago. And if you didn't, you haven't known me except for the past couple years, you have no idea what I used to be like. But that stuff got so heavy to me. And you know what? Some mornings, I, what I start to do, I'm that guy when, when things start to get heavy for me, I gotta work. You know what I mean? I, I, gotta, do, I gotta move. You know, my family, I have a couple of people in my family that whenever I start working really hard at home, you know, they come home like, who you mad at? what I do? Yeah. Are you angry at me? I hope it's the other ones, not me, right? I'm tearing the garage out. I'm, I'm working in the yard, cutting up trees, whatever it might be. I just got to move. And so what I started doing is, because I can't wake my whole family up. I wake up at four and five in the morning. And so what I started doing, because I got to move, I'm feeling that heaviness. I started jogging through the neighborhood of Russell Heights. Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Put some earphones in. And then there's this one song that God speaks to me. It's called Surrounded. And I just run. Just run through the neighborhood. I ain't running no marathon. I ain't even qualifying for nothing like that. Maybe a mile or two. And I would just run. And you know what I would do? That's when I had my alone time with God. Some days I would run in anger. I would. I'm like, where are you at, God? Where are you at? I, I don't feel you. I don't see you right now. Sometimes I, I, would, I would run in sadness, and I'd cry my eyes out. And it was from the way of the world. And you know what I would do, church? I'd be like, God, why aren't these things right? When are you going to fix it? And I want you to know that when I was being real with God, 100% real with him, I could feel his presence. I could feel his presence. He was real to me in those moments. And I want you to know, I'm slowly coming back. I am. He's still doing something. He's still working. I can feel him working in my life. The third thing you can do, church, to help relieve that heaviness of your soul is this. You trust God's power in your future. You trust God's power in your future. Something that many of us, we really, really struggle with this, don't we? We, we get negative. Well, you know, nothing's good. And we believe because nothing is good now and nothing is good yesterday that it's going to be bad again tomorrow, right? <laughs> we get negative and we believe that nothing is ever going to change. I love in Second Chronicles, if you'll look at this with me. 2 Chronicles 32, verses 7 and 8. Now, this is Hezekiah the king. This is him speaking. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. So King Hezekiah, the armies are mounting against him. His people were petrified about what the future was going to bring. So he's telling God's people who were afraid. He said, yeah, there's an army out there, all right. There's an army. And I know you don't think that we can beat them. See, there was a future, church. There was a future, and those people were afraid that they would have to fight that battle. But I love what he said. There is a greater 
power with us than with that army. Church, you realize we all have that. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you actually have that power. Most of us, we don't use it. It's a greater power. And, and, and what it is, is it's that power to fight the battles for you. It's amazing what God will do, church. It's amazing what God will do and how he will use with just what you have. God doesn't tell you, you go get this, you go get this, you go get this. He just says, be strong and take courage. And I'm going to fight this with you. You don't have to go accumulate those things. It's amazing what God will do with what you have. But I love when he says, who is with us? Our heavenly father. See, the enemy had what they had. But remember, we have what God has. And as a Christian, if you're a Christian, you realize you have the same spirit that dwells inside of you that raised Christ from the dead. The very same spirit. So, we should learn to trust God, God's power for our future. We've got to learn to trust him for that. How many times do you not trust God with your future? How often is it that you are not trusting with your future? So you, we need to switch gears, church. If that is who you are, if that is where you're struggling, you've got to switch gears. You, you need to seek him out in prayer. There you go. You seek him out in prayer. You read his word over and over again. And when you get to that place, when you finally get to that place, you make the conscious decision where you say, guess what? I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust God. You know what? I'm going to trust God with my fears. You know, I'm going to trust God with my worries. I'm going to trust God with my finances. I'm going to trust God with my marriage. You know, I'm going to trust God with my children. I still got my job to do. I got to teach them. But God says, if you teach them, he'll take care of the rest. Didn't he say that? So I'm going to trust him with my children. Church, you realize you have to make the conscious faith decision. That no matter what, no matter what, I will trust him and I will praise him. And at that very moment, church, your life will change. As I asked the praise team to come up here this morning, you know, we talked a lot last week and one of my favorite things about last week was we talked about being still. It's one of my favorite things because I struggle with it. I struggle immensely with just being still and knowing that he's God. And maybe you struggle in that same thing that I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to manage this. I'm going to handle this. And so today I want to remind you, he just says, be still. I told you last week to take five minutes a day. Just five minutes. And I told you how I struggle with it. And I bet a lot of you did too. We just focus on him and nothing else. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you another opportunity right now just to be still. I'm, I'm serious. I want, you to, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to just close your eyes and be still. Man, this morning, if your soul is heavy, I want you to just be still. This morning, if your soul is heavy, I want you to focus on his faithfulness. Man, think about it, church. Think about all the times he's been faithful to you, what he's brought you through. 
The things that he's done in your life. I want you to think about that. Church, I want you to focus on his goodness in your life. So as you sit there and think for a moment, as you're being still and recognizing him for God, the creator of the universe, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the one that holds the whole world in his hands, I want to ask you, do you trust him? So as you open your eyes this morning, maybe as you sat there, if you couldn't see his faithfulness, maybe as you sat there, if you couldn't see his goodness, maybe what you need to do is you need to put your hope in him. A lot of times if we don't know him, you can't see it. If you don't know him personally, it's hard to even fathom. Man, if you didn't have a good father or no father at all, that doesn't even compute a good, good father. So this morning, I want to encourage, maybe there's somebody here who is just really struggling. You're having a hard time putting your hope in him. You're having a hard time with that heaviness in your soul and you're realizing, man, I need something different. I'm struggling. You put your trust in him. And if that is you this morning, I really and truly, I want to encourage you to come forward. You need prayer, man. You need someone to pray with you. Maybe you need to just completely lay bare all of it to God. Like, Lord, I want you to take all this. I've been trying to hide from you. I've been trying to cover it up. I've been trying to mask it. And Lord, you already know it. You know where I struggle. You know my sins. You know my hurts. You know my pains. And today I want to give it to you. Because you are the only one who would take it. That's for you this morning. I encourage you to come forward. You just admit that you are a sinner. You ask for forgiveness of those sins. You invite Jesus Christ in your heart and you follow him in Christian baptism. And for the rest of you believers as you sit here today, and I'm not saying as a believer you can't have heaviness of your soul at times. Man, I just read a whole bunch of dudes that prophets were talking and stuff. They wrote some books of the Bible there. They had heaviness. But you know what? They flipped the switch. They flip the switch and realize, all right, I'm going in the wrong direction. I need to write the course. I need to get it right again. And here's the thing. God will give it to you every single time. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. I really want to encourage you to respond this morning.